it's time for Monday Night Sports Talk on News Talk 1400 WDWS Champaign-Urbana. Featuring the News Gazette media sports writers, Matt Daniels, Bob Osmussen, and Scott Ritchie. Delivering the latest insights on the Illini and more. Join the program by calling 217-356-9397 or send a text to the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217-351-5357. Now, here are the News Gazette media sports writers and your host, Steve Kelly. Well, good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to the show, Monday Night Sports Talk, with you until 6 o'clock tonight. Matt Daniels is here. Scott Ritchie is here. Bob Osmussen will join us momentarily on the uh, telephone here this evening. And the phone line is open, 356-9397, if you would like to join us. Matthew, how are you tonight? Doing well. Pretty uh, crazy to think that this should be the night of the national title game, which always coincides with our last live show at the Esquire in downtown Champaign. And haven't been there in almost a month, and uh, it's just a pretty crazy surreal world we were living in before the show here in the studio you know i was uh they post they've taped all the uh posters here that we've done outside the studio of all the illinois men's basketball players uh profiles that have run full page in the news gazette and on the flip side here in the studio you can see the cover of the sports section and i was just thinking before we got on air this is not how i envisioned the march sports section playing out with uh, all the coverage that we've had to do and, and adapt and adjust on the fly but here we are and, uh glad to see scott ritchie has a pablo escobar type mustache going on super trooper style i think yeah. i've only told said that to you about 10 times yeah, today, i think scott, i appreciate so. super troopers you know <laughs> rather than you know noted noted drug kingpin cocaine trafficker yeah exactly <laughs> Words we never thought we'd say on Monday Night Sports Talk. Yeah, but, but my uh, pandemic beard became a pandemic mustache. Uh, just, uh, it's, I made a choice. The 1970s would be very proud of you right now. I, and I, we I'm, haven't, I'm rocking uh, it. We haven't seen Bob Osmussen in a few weeks. At least I haven't. I, I last I heard, his beard was down, you know. Like uh, uh, Duck Dynasty exactly, kind of beard. <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> <laughs> that, that far. Feel free to jump in, Bob, at any time and refute that. No, no, no. No, 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 you don't. No, you can't refute, <laughs> you can't refute it. Her. Oh, no. No, no, no beard. There'll be no beard. My beard will be gray, so therefore I will never have, have a beard. All no right. offense to Levy Smith, but I'm not going there. Well, how, there's, how there's nothing wrong with gray whiskers. No, not at all. How long's your no, hair, Bob? No. Uh, it's getting there. I will look like uh, Dave Lone by the time I get done. So uh, <laughs> I'm heading toward Dave Lone land, but that's okay. Uh, it's, it's either that or let, let Julie cut my hair, which is not going to happen. So we're good. We could all get together and cut each other's hair. That would uh, yeah, that'd sure. be pretty, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, and probably not. Yeah, Lauren could be the barber. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you mentioned, uh, Matt, the, uh, the basketball profiles. That's kind of winding down, but we do want to thank, uh, thank B&B Construction for helping underwrite that series. How many more do we have? Yeah, we got uh, Tuesday, uh, tomorrow's paper, and then Wednesday are, are the final two. Uh, Brad Underwood will be in Tuesday's News Gazette, and then uh, Wednesday to cap it off, we're kind of doing a tribute to the the Orange Crush and all the all the fans. And I will have to say one thing, too. Robin Schultz, our photo editor, uh, is a huge part of, of that project. Uh, she shot every Illinois basketball game, home game this season, and, and multiple ones on the road as well. And 
just went above and beyond in, in producing photos, not only that we could use in our coverage, you know, the day after the game, but also for special projects like this, projects we never thought we'd have to deal with at all. And hopefully everyone saw the 36-page the special section we did uh, a couple weeks ago, and Robin's photos were instrumental in that. So uh, kudos to her for that and also for Scott Ritchie doing his part as well and, and writing the, the little capsules we run with each poster. Thank you. You got to update um, Scott Ritchie's media photo. With the I think we need mustache. to. I really think we do. Uh, I'm, I'm all for that. I know in, in college uh, at Eastern Illinois, we I worked at the student paper there, and uh, we took headshots. Uh, I think I took a headshot when I was like a freshman or sophomore, and much to the chagrin of my parents, I grew my hair out in college. And uh, by the time I was a senior, I safe to say I didn't look anything like I did when I was a freshman at all, and I actually had a few uh, Eastern coaches comment on that uh, when they saw my headshot in the paper compared to my scraggly looks later on in college. There are some uh, news items to talk about in the world of sports. We told you uh, earlier today, and you probably heard about the death of Bobby Mitchell, a Hall of Famer. More on that coming up. He died yesterday um, out in Maryland at the age of 84. Today, Al Kaline passed away at uh, the age of 85. Mr. Detroit, in my mind. I can't think of a bigger athlete in, in Detroit. Yeah, I mean, uh, unfortunately, I never had the chance to, to really see him play at all. I read tons about him and, and just the, the impact he made on the Tigers and, and baseball as a whole. So, uh, obviously, tough news with, with passings of both of those legends. And, uh, uh, you know, in, in reading the stories about them, too, and, and Bob can talk more about Bobby Mitchell because he actually talked to a few of Mitchell's uh, teammates in the mid 50s at Illinois earlier today but uh no cause of death was given for either of those two legends so not don't know exactly what happened I know Bobby Mitchell's health had been in decline for for several months and he wasn't able to attend uh the Hall of Fame ceremony right. in Champaign last fall but uh you know Kent Brown and Lisa Rusin uh with the DIA were able to go out to his home in in Maryland in early December when the Illini men's basketball team played out at Maryland and um, you know, KB's seen and talked to dozens mm-hmm. and hundreds, if not thousands, of instrumental people in the athletic world. And uh, that visit kind of left him almost starstruck, too, just from talking to him about that. And, um, yeah, you just your thoughts go out to their families in this difficult time and, you know, two huge figures in the sports world no longer with us. On this particular panel of four guys that we have here on Monday Night Sports Talk, I'm guessing uh, it's a pretty safe bet that I'm the only guy that saw Bobby Mitchell play live at least. I was a big uh, Cleveland Browns fan growing up in Ohio. So when he was with the Browns, I was 10, Mm -hmm. 11, 12, kind of in that range. He was in the same backfield, of course, with Jim Brown, then was traded, which didn't make me happy or many Cleveland Browns happy. But the Browns kind of have a history of scratch-your-head kind (laughs) of trades. They also traded Paul Warfield a little bit Mm -hmm. later on, and that that ended my relationship with the Browns, and I turned into a Cincinnati Bengals fan, but that's a different story. But uh, he was an outstanding player, more of a running back in Cleveland. He did catch some catch some passes, but he was more of a receiver with the Redskins and one of the best in uh, in uh, National Football League uh, history, indeed a Hall of Famer. Bob, what have you found out about him with the guys you've talked to in the last few days? Well, first of all, look at his career here, and then look at what he did in the pros. He was a good player here, a really good player, had a great sophomore year, and then kind of fell back a little bit. Didn't play as a junior because of the injury, and the senior year was not as great. But he went to the NFL and found a new position flanker and became a star, became a Hall of Famer, became one of the best players in football. 
He left football, I believe it is his number two guy in career yardage at that point when he left. So pretty pretty good player. I mean, great player in the pros. Not as a great player in, in, in Illinois, but the guys all, all said they saw something in him. So I talked to Jan Schmid, talked to um, Gary Francis, and they both said they thought that guy was a great athlete, really fast, tough to bring down. He had a fumbling problem, apparently, early in his career. He, had, he could not hang on the ball. He must affect that when he got the uh, NFL because obviously he was a great player there. So he, he, you know, they all liked him as a person. They thought he was a classic guy, a smart guy, very quiet, and also. But you look at his career post NFL, even he was a great administrator for the NFL for a long time. Was a guy that was very involved in the civil, civil rights movement. He just really, really, really cool guy. And I, I got got to talk to Kent today too about him. And he was very impressed by all the things that Bobby both said about Illinois, but also how he felt about this place because he had kind of dedicated part of his uh, uh, office or his basement at his home to Illinois. So I thought that was cool, too. Yep, he was an outstanding, even Olympic-caliber track athlete as well. Ran the hurdles, had right. the world record in the 60-yard uh, uh, low hurdles or 70-yard, whatever, whatever it was. But it was fast, I know that. <laughs> and... I read his Hall of Fame, NFL Hall of Fame induction speech, and he talked about one of his plans was to at least consider was to wait for the 1960 Olympics and participate in that. But he had since gotten married, and the Cleveland Browns offered a $7,000 contract, and his wife said, we're taking that. <laughs> Smart <laughs> man. Money. Listen Big to the money. wife. Good, good, uh, yeah. good decision there. I, I told Matt this today, Steve. I talked to Bobby right before my surgery about seven years ago. I literally, like that week, uh, the, they called me, arranged an interview. I never wrote anything because I got badly sick. I, I kept on that kept that tape for a long time, and I told Matt yesterday I cannot find it. I don't know what happened to it. So it's it's long gone. Whatever happened to, to the talk, but yeah, he was such a nice person. That's what I, the main thing that came out of that. Was very smart guy, but also a very quality person, a pleasant guy that that I think everybody respected. And that again, the guy like that who did so much in, in at Illinois, but then beyond, it, it, it's not surprising how well people think about him and how how great things people people are great saying great things today about him, which I I think that's awesome. More on Bobby Mitchell coming up. Maybe kind of a little history lesson on Bobby Mitchell. I found some. Uh, some comments from him over the years and and uh, have some audio for you a little bit later on in the show. Moving up on uh, 521 now, also coming up on the show at about 530, we expect to hear from Georgie Bashanisvili. We'll talk uh, with him. He's still in town. We're all going to feel better about our lives after we hear from Georgie. He'll get us pumped up and maybe uh, teach us how to walk on our hands. He's been <laughs> been doing that, uh, I hear. So we'll get him uh, on the line at about 530. In the meantime, the phone line is open here on Monday Night Sports Talk. We'll take our first break and be back with more and more news of the day after this. Stay with us. 525, Monday Night Sports Talk here on DWS. Steve Kelly, along with Matt Daniels, Scott Ritchie, Bob Osmussen joining us from the phone. Georgie Bashanis Billy will join us from the phone coming up in a few minutes. Some basketball news over the weekend. Alan Griffin found a destination, Scott Ritchie. 
Keeping with the orange in his wardrobe, he's going to Syracuse out east. Not really a surprise, was it? No, and he's going back home, sort of, you know, to, yeah. to New York. And Although you know, when he committed to Illinois, you know, he talked about how he was coming home <laughs> to Illinois because you know, he uh, Started grew up a little bit. Career. Yeah, played at high school at Oak Park River Forest when his dad was assistant with the with the Bulls and so I mean you can have multiple homes that's fine but yeah Syracuse made a lot of sense I thought um closer to his mom uh, closer to his brother for at least one more year uh, before uh, AJ you know heads to Duke uh, closer to his sister who's at who plays for uh, Gino Ariama at Connecticut um and then Syracuse was kind of you know late in his recruitment coming out of high school was interested but you know, maybe moved too late yeah at that point um so Looks like though, I mean, he'll have to sit out, you know, the twenty 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 one season. Um, the NCAA is still going to vote on whether the, the one time transfer uh, waiver clearance, whatever you want to call it, will will go into effect. Um, but I think John Rothstein from CBS Sports tweeted out this over the weekend that if it does, you know, and they, after they vote on it, that wouldn't go into effect for two more seasons. So. Uh, the 600-plus transfers in the portal right now are you know, out of luck in that regard. And one of the new ones out of the Big Ten, actually a couple out of the Big Ten, but uh, Matt Harms, the seven foot three center from Purdue. Yeah, well, he'll be a, I think would be a graduate yes, transfer. Um, I didn't have like a lot of reaction to that other than like, why is he leaving Purdue? That seemed like a pretty good spot for him. And, I mean, big men have thrived yeah. with Matt Painter and – and he did have a down season, you know, this past year. So maybe just wanted a fresh start basketball-wise, but that was a little curious. And then, yeah, the other transfer uh, just this afternoon was uh, David DeJulius from Michigan, you know, one of their uh, one of the guards in their rotation at least. Um, but Juwan Howard is bringing in a bunch of talented players in the, the 2020 class. So maybe he saw the writing on the wall that you know, Juwan Howard was you know, maybe trying to bring in his own guys. And by the time this segment ends, someone else will probably end up <laughs> announcing their transfer as well. Yeah, I figure they haven't already. Exactly. Just, there's probably like, well, like one a minute in college basketball. Just seems about right. Illinois picked up a commitment of sorts over the weekend from a preferred walk-on from uh, the state of Illinois, six nine out of St. Rita, Connor Servant. So he's going to come here as a preferred walk-on. So he's got a roster spot. Yeah, and he. It was originally from Bushnell, uh, small small town basketball, you know for sure. And then uh, I think he played the last two years at Saint Rita, um, but he brings something that you know previous walk-ons at Illinois haven't, and that's the fact he's six nine and um, front court depth has been you know a bit of an issue at Illinois, not just for Brett Underwood, but I think under John Gross it was always like needed another big man and. Um, at least early on, he'll you know, provide good depth and practice. Give maybe give Zach Griffith a breather of having to guard Kofi Coburn all the time. So he realizes he's coming to Illinois to guard Kofi Coburn in practice. Uh, well, you'd think he'd have to. I mean, Got to tip your hat to him. Just <laughs> yeah, for that. exactly. Yeah, I don't. I don't know a lot of people. Braver man than I am. Not a lot of people would volunteer for that duty necessarily, but yeah. So he's. I mean, you kind of never know, you know with walk-ons. You know some. Players walk on and you know wind up getting a scholarship and maybe a, a bigger role than expected, but uh, yeah, time will only tell. Yeah, you know, with with Connor Servant, he's still very new in the Illinois basketball landscape. And a week from Wednesday begins the 
April signing period, which runs to the 1st of August. So Adam Miller, if he wants to, a week from Wednesday, can uh, sign that letter of intent. Yeah, and I mean, the last couple times you know, I spoke with him, just when he was you know, kind of ended up being a regular at, at only basketball games here late in the season, and yeah, he was fully on board and you know, kind of mentioned, you know, I don't know he, he wasn't upset, but it was like people were questioning his commitment, and, you know, he, for him, he felt like he always was, you know, Illinois was his landing spot. So that'll to get that official will be a, a, a good feeling for the, the Illinois coaching staff. We are moving up to 530 WDWS, Champaign-Urbana. Monday Night Sports Talk will continue after this. Feel free to join us, 356-9397 here on DWS. Welcome back to the show, everybody. It is 5.33, Monday Night Sports Talk here on WDWS with Matt Daniels, Scott Ritchie, Bob Osmussen. I'm Steve Kelly. And we're going to welcome into the program Illini basketball player Georgie Bashanis-Villi to spend a few minutes with us. Georgie, how are you, my friend? I'm great. How are you? Good. We're hanging in there trying to uh, stay somewhat isolated as directed by uh, everybody around. What about you? What uh, you staying in town, right? Uh, yes, sir. I'm also listening. So whatever is uh, whatever we have to do, I'm trying to execute it. I'm trying to stay at home. Also, at the same time, I'm all by myself. So if I go outside and uh, train by myself outside, or just ride my bike, or uh, maybe just play basketball all by myself, um, I'm trying to have fun at the same time. You know? Had you had you ever been? Uh... Uh, this is kind of a crazy question because nobody's been through this, but have you ever been in a situation at all where maybe you were just by yourself for a weekend or a few days? And, uh, and if so, how did you deal with that? Um, I have been by myself in New Jersey. When I first came here uh, to the United States, uh, I was by myself quite a lot, to be honest. But at the same time, I've never been, uh, um, I've never experienced anything like this. Or what we have right now going on. Um, however, my mom and my family, my grandparents, kind of experienced this, um, not not situation like this, but similar situation when Soviet Union broke down in uh, in 1992. Uh, Republic of Georgia, which is my home country, became independent, and it was really really hard, and everything, the whole country collapsed, and uh, it was a really really crazy situation, pretty similar to this. But personally, me, I haven't experienced anything, but my mom and my grandparents compared this to the situation they had in 1992. Georgie, how is your, your family doing, and, and how uh, often are you able to uh, communicate with them at all? Uh, I communicate with them uh, twice, three times a day, uh, every day. We talk about old memories. Uh, they're doing pretty well. Um, actually, I was talking to them today earlier, and uh, they said um, in Austria, Vienna, from first uh, of May, they will start opening things back up again because um, they did uh, really good. They quarantined and uh, they followed every every um, every rule, every step that government told people to do. And uh, uh, good news today that from May first in Vienna, Austria, they will start opening up back again, uh, different offices and stuff like that. So things are looking good for my family in Georgia, where my grandparents are. There are not that many cases. There are over 100 cases, I think, so they're pretty safe as well. So I'm happy about that. Well, Georgia, you mentioned you know working out on your own, you know playing basketball by yourself. What what are you doing maybe to 
to stay in shape a little bit? Um, shape is, is a definition because right now shape is totally different without the court. <laughs> but, um, I mean, as you said, um, Coach Fletch, um, shout out Coach Fletch, actually, my man, Adam Fletcher, shout out Fletch. Um, he, um, he created us, um, a program right now that all of us can follow. Literally every human, not only us basketball players, but everybody could do it. And, um, it's just a plan where you use, uh, just your body, uh, just your body. You have your body weight, um, different exercises and less like around an hour. So I follow his plan, which is Monday through Friday. I also do things on my own. I just work out, do extra push-ups, sit-ups, um, just trying to burn my energy because I I do have a lot of energy. So um, just trying to work, you know, and uh, I want to start this thing. Um, not start this thing, but I already started kind of today that I go uh, live on Instagram and uh, try to show people that and encourage people to work out and uh, uh, just be active through this time, you know, and it will help, help people get through this. Georgie, this is Bob. Who would you, who would you have been playing tonight for the national title, which team would you have been playing? <laughs> who would it be? Um, yeah, who would you play? Who would say, you be playing? Uh, I, w- I would. I would say I would be playing Stephen F. Austin. <laughs> <laughs> I like um, it. It's the co- it's the coach's old school. It would definitely be fun to play against them because as much as he brings them up as an example, oh my God, my team did this, and we always talk uh, smack to him as players. I definitely do. I don't know about other players, but. I talk smack to him about it, so it will be fun to play against Stephen F. Austin in the final game. So not Kansas, not Kansas. I beat him. Definitely beat him. Stephen F. Austin. Great, thank you. Well, Georgia, you mentioned you know going on you know Instagram and maybe uh, helping other people, but I know that you and you know Mike Epstein got into a a Instagram Live horse competition, (laughs) and uh, he took you down. What happened? What happened is that he was in Florida and I was in Champaign. That's what happened. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, that's what happened. I was in Champaign about it. He was in Florida because um, it was definitely windy out here. It was cold. Uh, I may, I will make every excuse to. Um, um, no, actually, it was just fun. We were just having fun. I mean, he was. Um, he actually came up with that idea. He texted me. He said. Uh, if I want to do something like that, and I'm like, I'm definitely down. I don't know how. I mean, um, Todd didn't think about it. I, I had a couple of different thoughts on that, but um, he just texted me, and we just started doing it. And I think it was really fun. Uh, it was entertaining for people, I think. it was. Uh, um, I had over 500 views on Instagram, so people really enjoyed it, enjoyed watching it. And um, it was just a fun experience. And uh, as I said, I mean, we are trying to do everything we are capable of to get through this was fun and not just you know just be sad or whatever we can go out but still be able to do different things like that um we'll help us get through it i think you need a rematch with him and then you need to pull out the uh oh, the, rematch uh, is coming yeah <laughs> don't even worry about the rematch you got to get you in know, some behind the head dunks and the tomahawks and leaving from the foul line and stuff that you don't well, think he could actually, probably do what was hey 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 what was left out was that he asked me before we went live. He like Georgie. I can't do any dunks or like, <laughs> stuff like that. So let's just shoot. I'm like, okay. So you don't you want to do it your way? That's okay. But actually, after we done playing, I told him next time I'm doing it my way. So I'm definitely not losing the next time. 
Georgie, Coach Underwood last night on Twitter posted photos of these world-famous tacos he allegedly makes and, and gave a shout-out to Io uh, about them. Uh, did you know he was such a good cook at all, and, and does he brag about that uh, at practice or around Ubbin at all? I mean, he doesn't brag about it at all, but um, I knew he was a good cook because I just talked to Coach a lot. And um, he actually – I'm not a spicy guy because I don't I don't eat spicy. I just can't – I don't know why. I eat everything in the world but spicy food. And uh, he told me – Coach told me that um, we were just talking. I think it was in the train room. And he told me he makes one of the best spicy tacos, like, ever. And I'm like, Coach, I don't eat spicy food. Well, I'll definitely try it, but it just never happened, so – Maybe one of these days he will make some hot tacos and I'll try it and uh, I will rate it. I will be definitely critical because Coach is really critical. <laughs> so I, will be, I will be on him about it. But I didn't know that. And uh, Coach probably can do many things that people don't know. Another couple of minutes with uh, Georgie Bashanis Villa. You've had time, obviously, as we all have. Uh, as you look back, what do you th- what do you come up with when you looked at the season you had? I know that everybody feels that uh, – the Fighting Illini might have been in a pretty good position to make a run into March, but uh, as you kind of size up the season as a whole, as it turned out, give me some of your thoughts. Um, I mean, we all know. I mean, people that follow basketball and stuff, we all know how good this team was and um, still is, I would say, and um, how much of a run we could have made, and we won as many games as the 205 team, and then in the end, and uh, it just leaves you heartbroken. You know, because you you will never know that what what would we do really in the real life. You know, we are uh, everybody saying we would do this and that. And I truly believe that we would make a deep run and everything, but it just never happened. So it leaves me personally, me really heartbroken because the reality is that never it it just never happened. You know, and uh, I'm just totally heartbroken. Obviously, we know we had a great great team with a lot of depth, a lot of talent. Um, won as many games, have fun, shared so many, so many fun experiences with my teammates outside the basketball court as well. And uh, it just, you know, it's heartbreaking. But at the same time, you got to think about it. I mean, I am a basketball player and I'm here and uh, I'm also a student, but this issue is so, so huge. I mean, it's way, way bigger than basketball. So um, we just have to, you know, just get through this. And uh, about the season, I mean, it's just heartbreaking, you know. Well, Georgie, I mean, if there is one thing, what do you feel like it might have been that just put you guys over the top of this season and you know, led to such a, a big turnaround from a year ago? What it was, the one thing, there was many things, I think. It was not just one thing, but um, there were many, many things. I mean, we changed we changed a lot of things as a, as a team, how we, um, how we just approached whatever, you know, if, if it would be um, – Anything, to be honest, you know, it could be school, it could be um, how we just act in general, then it could be things that we change on the court, that our coaching staff change, you know, maybe the defense, the offense, whatever. So it's um, it's a process of many, many things coming together, you know. Uh, you can't change uh, 12 and I don't know what we had season 12 or 20, and then uh, we had 21 winning season with one thing, you know. It's not one thing, it's uh, – just every, literally everything comes together for it, you know. In Georgia, we had you on the show 
uh, last April when we had a, a packed house at the Esquire in, in downtown Champaign. And obviously people have gravitated towards you in, in your first two seasons at Illinois just with your enthusiasm and your, your positive outlook on life and things like that. How much do you think that is helping you kind of get through this, you know, uh, global pandemic we're going on right now with everything that's kind of changing the world, just just your outlook on life in general? Um, I think it's helped me a lot. Uh, I'm a person that I feel like uh, adapts to different situations um, easier than some people because of I've, I have been put throughout my short life. I have been put in um, many different situations, you know, from leaving my country where I was born and raised, with my grandparents to getting to know my mom when I was 14, to going to the United States all by myself, not knowing one person. And now here I am, you know, a beloved player in Illinois, you know, like it's crazy. So this just another another situation in life that you have to um, embrace, you know, like uh, what can you do truly? Because you can be at home and be sad and be negative or have a fear. Oh my God, news is saying this and seeing them and and then 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 you can do that. Or my outlook is just be positive and do what you can do. What you can do, you can go work out, you can go outside, you can go relax, and um, it just um, it just I would say it's just a skill of uh, adapting to different situations. So situations like this right now, that we have to stay home, stay safe, stay healthy, and um, isolate from each other. And if that's the situation, how well can you adapt to it? You know, if you are able to adapt to it really well, um, you should, you know. And I think I am, um, I have a skill to adapt to different situations. So I think it, it just, uh, it just, you know, it just comes from my, my whole entire life. Go ahead, Bob. Hey, Georgie, when you when we're given the all clear, which will come at some point, what will be the first thing you do? When we're told everything's okay or things are better, What's the first thing on your list? Oh, uh, uh, when when everything is over, what's the first? Thing yeah, when everything's over, whenever. Yeah, what's the first thing you want to do then? Then, even now and then, I definitely want to see my family. You know, I haven't seen my family okay. so long. My brother came to visit here. My mom came, and uh, um, even though they came and visited me in the past, uh, I still want to go home and uh, enjoy the time back. In either also Vienna and also see my grandparents back in Georgia. That's my, that's definitely my number one thing because I really, really miss them. I want everybody right now, what everybody's doing, everybody's with their families, but I'm not. So even right now, even I'm keeping an outlook, my positive outlook and everything, I definitely miss my family the most. I'm actually looking at their pictures right now. I have their pictures hung that's up awesome. in my room. So, um, I mean, that's my number one thing, you know, basketball and everything is great and university, but if the things are going back normal and uh, I'm sure I can travel and the season is starting to end and end, I would definitely want to go see my family and enjoy some time with them. Hey, Georgia, we appreciate uh, your time. Uh, Good to hear from you, and I'm glad you're doing your best you can to uh, stay busy in these times, and hopefully we'll all bump into each other again here before too long. But thanks a lot for uh, taking time to visit with us. Oh, no problem. Thank you guys for your time, too. Yep, we'll see you. Georgie Bashanasvili. Thanks, Georgie. With us here on Monday Night Sports Talk. We'll take a time out and be back with more after this. Stay with us. Welcome back on the show. Monday Night Sports Talk with you here for oh, 10 more minutes or so. Got some Bobby Mitchell audio that uh, if you don't remember him playing and you don't know his impact, 
in uh, the world of sports. You might learn something about him in this little four-minute piece we've got on him coming up. But uh, some news of the day. Uh, the PGA Tour has announced uh, some dates for its schedule, and three of the four majors have been rescheduled. The other major, the Open, the British Open, mm-hmm. has been canceled. They will not play it, but they will play the PGA Championship. Well, they hope they will play the PGA Championship August 6th through 9th in San Francisco. Then they'll play uh, mid-August of the Wyndham Championship, late August, the Northern Trust in Boston, um, the very end of August, the BMW Championship at Olympia Fields, the Tour Championship the first week of September, the U.S. Open has been rescheduled for September 17 through 20 at the Wingfoot in New York. The Ryder Cup dates have stayed the same, and those are uh, September, the week of September 25th at uh, Whistling Straits in Wisconsin. Steve Stricker, the uh, team captain there, and the Masters has been moved from this week to November the 12th through the 15th at Augusta National. Yeah, we were talking before we came on, Stephen. It's going to be interesting to see what CBS might do in November with the Masters uh, in regards to that coverage or, or any NFL coverage. I think a lot more people might be intrigued to see the Masters in mid-November, a couple weeks before Thanksgiving, and see what the setting looks like down in Augusta. And I'll... Uh, First off, let's just hope all those dates and events actually do take place and, and transpire. But I was uh, just glad to see some, <laughs> exactly. some decisions <laughs> made, at least uh, for now anyway. But uh, So that's what I just say. There are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight events, and that's going to be the PGA Tour season. Yeah, no uh, no John Deere Classic mentioned right. in that, the, the staple that's uh, been out at the Quad Cities for a number of years and always has a, a strong Illinois connection out there. And um, Yeah, it's just hope. Hope and pray that that all that does eventually take place. And if it does, I mean, the U.S. Open and then the Ryder Cup and back-to-back weekends is going to be a jam-packed for the golfing fan out there. And, you know, having it be in Whistling Straits in Wisconsin, it's a close drive for those here in in this area, and uh, especially with the ties that Steve Stricker has the University of Illinois and and being the captain for for the U.S. team uh, adds some local intrigue as well. Anything else else on your mind, Bob, before we uh, step out on this Monday night show? Well, I'm, I'm offering to cover the Ryder Cup. I think the, I think the there's no Illinois football game that weekend either. I'm, I'm well, pretty sure. Go, then I, I'm in. I'm in. So am so I. Let, let me do that. <laughs> Steve, you, Steve, you'll go with me, right? Absolutely. Steve will drive. Bob. I will yeah, drive. So <laughs> oh, come on. Let me drive. No, I'll drive. You can be my uh, co-pilot or whatever. You know, I, I played there. I played with Whistling Straits. Year, I get sick, and I loved it. It was awesome. I'd love to go back go back there and watch the tournament. It'd be great. Hey, Bob, we'll talk to you next week uh, back on the phone, and then one of these days you'll be back in the studio with us. Thanks. Eventually. Thanks, guys. See ya. Yeah. See you, Bobby. Bob Osmussen with us on the uh, telephone. Scott, Matt, we'll let you guys step out a little bit early. We're going right. to play a little Bobby Mitchell uh, audio and kind of a tribute to him and uh, our friends at uh, BTN. Thank them for some of this audio and Howard Griffith as well. And I'll be back to wrap things up after this is over. I wanted to go to University of Arkansas. The answer was no. That's their loss. The 1955 edition of the Fighting Illini. The Razorbacks' loss was the University of Illinois' gain. Bobby Mitchell arrived in Champaign with a football scholarship in the mid-1950s. 
leaving behind his home state where segregation prevented him from attending the University of Arkansas. A few days before high school graduation, I had no scholarship, no way I'd be going off to school. And yet a few days later, I got a scholarship. And a few weeks later, I'm on a train heading to Champaign, Illinois. Illinois. <laughs> I had never been coached by a white coach. But there was no fear to take the chance. While Mitchell was on scholarship for football, another sport held his interest. My man was on, on the track, trying to make the track team. And to get a chance to play, and then all of a sudden, it all opened up. Uh, found out that I could run the football. <laughs> Bob Mitchell, a substitute sophomore halfback, plays a major role in toppling Michigan to its first defeat. Uh, my roommate, Harry Jefferson, was a starting halfback. And he was in front of me, and uh, when he got his shoulder hurt against Michigan, who was the number one team in the country, mm -hmm. and they came to Illinois for that game. And I had to go in, and I immediately beat him. And went on, it was all Big Ten and everything over the next five games. Here's Mitchell again, this time against Wisconsin. In 1955, Bobby Mitchell averaged 8.3 yards per carry in his first football season as a sophomore after he and another future star sat out their first year due to NCAA rules that made freshmen ineligible. When Ray Nisky and I got to Illinois as freshmen, he was an all-American quarterback. So we had a lot of fun as freshmen beating up on Tabasa <laughs> So when our sophomore year came around and we started playing, uh, Ray Elliott, our head coach, told Ray Nisky he couldn't use him as quarterback because he couldn't remember the play. No. <laughs> and Ray just cried. <laughs> but the crazy thing about it, they put him at fullback. And he goes on to Green Bay and been one of the greatest linebackers of all time. Hall of Fame, the whole works. Similar to Ray Nitschke, Mitchell was enjoying success professionally. He was in his third season with the Cleveland Browns, part of the same backfield with Hall of Famer Jim Brown, when another unit requested his services the U.S. Army. Mitchell gained permission to play football on the weekends, as long as he fulfilled his military obligations during the week. But his fourth season with the Cleveland Browns would be his last. Unbeknownst to me, my name was in the harbor, involved in a trade with the Washington Redskins. Mm. So by being in the service, I didn't know this. I wasn't reading things. They said it was in the paper, some stuff was whispering in the papers in Cleveland. Right. But apparently Paul Brown had made his decision to get Ernie Davis. I don't know if you heard him say. Oh, yes. Ernie Davis from Syracuse, the next Jim Brown. Mitchell's trade to Washington made history as he became the first black player for the franchise in 1962, making the Redskins the final NFL team to integrate despite the wishes of their owner. In seven seasons with Washington, Mitchell led the NFL twice in receiving yards, finishing with 91 career touchdowns and over 14,000 all-purpose yards. 
he went on to spend nearly three decades in different capacities in the Redskins' front office. I got a million stories. But the, the main story is that I made it. You never know what's going to happen to you, because I've had a good life. I've never been defeated in my head. <laughs> That's Bobby Mitchell, who passed away yesterday at the age of 84. That piece uh, with Howard Griffith from Black History Month in 2018. Some good audio there from the late, great Hall of Famer Bobby Mitchell. That's going to take care of Monday Night Sports Talk. Thanks to the guys, Bob Osmussen, Matt Daniel, Scott Ritchie. Thanks to Georgie Bashanis-Villi as well for joining us. And to Ed Bond for helping us produce the show here on WDWS Champaign-Urbana. This is Steve Kelly. Talk to you again soon. Have a good night, everybody.